Don't go away. I might embarrass you again, but uh, look on your outline. See the title of the outline, A Glimpse into the Throne Room? I can't spell. I spelled glimpse, G-L-Y-M-P-S-E. That's how I spelled glimpse. And so my wife proofed it. She didn't check it. Secretary Katie missed it. And Susie is the only one that called it. So that's not how you spell glimpse. So it takes many villages to raise a pasture. Well, Lord, thank you for your eternal word. And thank you for the beauty and diversity in the body of Christ. So, Lord, we want, we want to take that glimpse. We want to peer into the throne room of heaven today in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Hold your Bibles up. You got your Bibles. Bring your Bibles. Very good, very good, very good. Revelation chapter 4. We're in a series. I think this is message number 9. We're going chapter by chapter. Uh, while you're looking for Revelation 4, have any of you ever been invited to someplace really awesome, cool, sweet, and you went? Yeah. I'll go to things that aren't fun or good just because I like to go. A number of years ago, uh, it was Sunday night about 8.30. I was kind of wrapping up my day, had my shoes off. I don't know what I was doing, eating a sandwich or something. And I get a call, and it's from one of our COS young adults named Mandy. And she said, Pastor Steve, I forgot to invite you. I'm moving to Florida next week. And my boss is giving me a going away party tonight. Would you and Sue come? And I said, well, I wasn't real keen about it. I was kind of tired. And then I said, who's your boss? Does anybody know who those people are? Well, my boss is Phyllis George and her husband, John Y. Brown, I mean, like that John Y. Brown, that Y. John Brown. I said, let me ask Sue if she, she wants to go. She wants to go, yeah. <laughs> Later on, I said, honey, let me tell you where we're going tonight. And I just started thinking in my little devious head, uh, that young lady won Miss America a few years back. She was also the first female broadcaster for Sunday NFL football. That's, uh, those aren't my friends. Paul Horning from Louisville, Joe Namath, and Carol O'Connor. I have no idea why he's in the picture. And I'm thinking John Y. Brown was a pretty prominent governor in our state. I'd like to hang around the governor. And uh, you never met a preacher that didn't like chicken. And he, he finagled, I mean, bought uh, the KFC franchise for only $2 million from the colonel and turned it into, what, about a $40 billion enterprise? And then what really got me, I thought, oh, my goodness. He owned my favorite basketball team of all time, the Boston Celtics. And I'm thinking I might can clear my schedule. There he is with Red Auerbach that built the Celtics. And I thought if I can't go to Bill Reeser's house, 
I'll go to John Y. and Phyllis's house. And I'm just thinking on the way over, surely the governor said, we got to have the Pearsons. There's no party without the Pearsons. Can you please get them, bribe them, tell them there's chicken and biscuits over here. I know he'll come. So I went. Let me tell you about someplace far better than the governor's house. It's called the throne room of God. And you're invited to see this place. And I hope we can peer into it. And I want you to use your imagination because we read the words, but we can't see the picture. But God gave you an imagination to think through these words. Uh, To be brutally honest with you, I actually went to the throne room this morning. It's a privilege. Any of us can go any time. Now, before we read the passage, let me give you a disclaimer. There is not a mortal on the face of the earth who has ever breathed on the face of the earth, including John, that can completely describe the throne room. It's not possible. And if he can't do it, I know I can't do it. Six different times he uses the word like. In other words, he can't really describe it, but he says, to the best of my experience, it's kind of like this. Okay, so let's read it. So you got your Bibles open? Revelation 4, I'm reading out of New American Standard today. But after these things I looked, John says, and behold, there was a door. Everyone say door. Standing open in heaven. And the first voice I heard like the sound of a trumpet. Can you imagine that in your ear? Saying to me, come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things we've already talked about. Immediately I was in the spirit. Behold, a throne was standing in heaven and there was one sitting on the throne. He who was sitting was like, notice the descriptions here. John is attempting to help us in Lexington get a feel. He was like a jasper stone. Everyone say jasper. And a sardius in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald in its appearance. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And upon the thrones, I saw 24 elders sitting clothed. In beautiful white garments with golden crowns on their heads. Verse 5. Out from the throne came flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder. Notice this is not weather here. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne... There was something. In other words, he can't describe this either. There's something like a sea of glass, like crystal. And in the center around the throne, there were four living creatures. How many? Four living creatures. And he said something was astonishing. They were full of eyes in the front and the back. The first creature was like a lion. The second creature like a calf. The third creature had a face like that of a man, and the fourth creature was like a flying eagle. 
The four living creatures, each one of them having six wings. How many? That are full of eyes around and within day and night. Day and night. They never cease saying the most important thing any created being can ever say. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. Notice they didn't say Love, 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 even though God is love, his greatest attribute is his holiness. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks, this morning on my prayer drive, I'm going, Lord, today I give glory, I give honor. And I give thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever. And the 24 elders will fall down before him who sit on the throne, who worship him. The one that lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And because of your will, they existed and were created. Now, let's walk through this together. First thing John saw in chapter 4, there's a door. Everyone say door. There's a door that's standing open. And possibly, you're at a season in your life that you sense or feel or see a door opening up. I feel it. I have more anticipation now than any time in my life of what God's going to do this year. People, relationships, revelation, lives that will be changed, standing open, waiting for you to step into the door and go through it. Then he heard a voice as loud as a trumpet saying, come up here. Say it with me, please. One more time. Come up here. And I don't even know if he had the choice. And I must show you the things that will shortly take place. So John, in a sense, was caught away, lifted into spirit, physically transported into the very throne room of God and he saw the one sitting on the throne. The one on the throne is the Ancient of Days. God the Father, the first person of the Trinity. And I've read this many, many times and I've never seen it. His splendor is described in three colors. What color, Steve? Because pictures help us understand reality. Here's the first one. The first one is a jasper stone. This is a very expensive jasper stone. They can come in many colors. Brown, yellow, blue, greenish. This one is practically clear. And John said that is what the Father is like, the one sitting on the throne. His brilliance is so spectacular 
It's like light shining on a multifaceted diamond that the more you turn it, the more you see. There's never an end to understanding the nature and the character of the Heavenly Father or His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Say this prayer with me, please. Lord, we want to see your glory in the earth. When I was age 20, I was a lifeguard at Myrtle Beach, and I'd been seeking the Lord. I'd been a Christian two years, and I said to him, Lord, I don't want to be in politics anymore. Lord, I don't want to be famous anymore. Lord, I don't want to be wealthy anymore. Lord, I I don't want to be on the stage. Well, I guess uh, I want to serve you and give my life for things that last for thousands of years. And uh, just in short, I had that encounter with him that night, and he gave me, his life, gave me my life verse. How many of you have a life verse? Do you have a life verse? If you don't have one, ask him for one. My life verse is John 17, 4. Jesus said, I've glorified you on earth and accomplished that which you've given me to do. That's a great thing for me to pray, Lord, I just want to glorify you. And whatever you want me to do, big or small, I want to do it. Now, the second stone is a sardius. Everyone say sardius. The reason the stone is called a sardius, because it was first discovered near the ancient city. We've already studied one of the seven churches, Sardis. And... uh, It's a beautiful, deep, rich stone. And there's a message behind it. The message to me behind it is God's heart is like a beautiful, deep, red gem. Revealing, burning with his fiery passion for his people. And revealing his everlasting love for us. In Jeremiah, in the midst of a war, the Lord told Jeremiah to tell the people of God, tell them, Jeremiah, tell them over and over, they don't believe it, that I have loved you with an everlasting love. I'll never quit loving you. You can never send too much to keep me from loving you. I will always pursue you. I will always help you because I am in for loving you forever, just like any of us would love our own children. So here's another prayer. Would you pray with me, dear Lord? We want to be transformed by your incredible love. Amen. Have you experienced his love? So many people have just been to church, but they've never really had an encounter that changed their life. Here's a little coaching I want you to think about. You may want to write this in the margin. The love of God will keep you where nothing else will. Through hard times, through times you sin, times you fail, through a really difficult time, It's God's love and you knowing that he loves you, which will keep you coming back and help you get back on your feet to loving him again. The third color, the third gem is an emerald. Everyone say emerald. 
beautiful, glowing green. I've read this and I never saw it before. John said it was like an emerald rainbow. Well, what's he talking about? And it covered the entire throne of the Ancient of Days. The rainbow talks about God's covenant, say covenant, and his covenant of mercy. And it covers everything that he does. All his dealings. There's a Even though he's holy, he has a covenant of mercy and it's shown by that rainbow. Now, when the ark finally settled there in what is today Armenia, and Noah's family, a real man, and his wife and three children and their wives got out of that huge ship, the Lord said, I'm going to give you a sign that this will never happen again. I'm going to put my bow in the sky. And the bow will be a message to you that I will never destroy all flesh through a flood again. About five years ago, I was in Armenia helping uh, the church there. And we came through the capital city on a Sunday morning. Uh, I'm just minding my own business in the back of a car. And I see this glorious sight. And I almost wanted to just jump out the window. Does anybody know what that is? That is Mount Ararat where that ship came down and its remains are probably buried under ice up there. And when Noah and his family came out and all life emanated from that place, Turkey took it about 100 years ago. Noah and his family settled in that valley that you're looking at. And all of you, came from those three sons. Now that emerald rainbow <clears throat> says this, that God is always merciful. He's always merciful. Always, always, always merciful. And you can look at anybody, no matter how they mess their life up, and say, the Heavenly Father is merciful today, last week, next week and forever because he loves you. That is his first choice. Mercy is always his first choice. His second choice is judgment because you will not come and receive his mercy. So mercy is available if people will just come for the mercy. And most, many folk are hard-headed. They just think they can manage their way out of their problems when God is saying, I've got mercy for you. When Jerusalem was under siege for the third time because of the sin of the Jews, God told Jeremiah the prophet to write this down and to tell God's people. And uh, would you repeat it with me, please? The Lord's acts of mercy indeed never end. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Do you know what year that was spoken? That was spoken 
In 587 B.C., in the midst of an 18-month siege to take Jerusalem. No food coming in, no people going out for 18 months. And the Lord is saying, repent, humble yourself, stop trying to fix this, walk away from your idols, obey me, walk in my covenant, and I will take care of this army outside of your city. Now, green is the color of life. Green is the color of things that thrive. Green is the color of things that are growing. And when you see something green and growing, unless it's in your shower, (laughs) excuse me, that wasn't in the script. Thank the Lord for his mercy. So I just want to ask you today, are you growing in your faith? Are you walking closer than you've ever walked with him? Are you thriving? Or is this you? You once were close. You once had life. But you got too busy. What's really important? You see, the Lord Jesus said this, crucifixion week. He said this, remember, I have come that you might have what? Life. And what kind of life? Abundant, full, meaningful. Doesn't mean no problems, but the best life a mortal could have. That's what I want you to have. And that's what you see in that rainbow above the throne Pray this prayer with me, please. Oh, wonderful Father, we're so grateful for the boundless mercy you've extended to us so undeservedly. Now we see to another kind of movement in what John saw. We see the 24 elders. They are not angels. They are once humans that walked to earth. They are God's partners. They are the 24 most honored men and women that have ever walked this earth. And one of the messages as you think of these on the thrones is that he's always looking for partners because he's got a plan for redemption for all the earth. And you have a part to play in that redemption plan. Without you, there are some people that will never, ever be reached. This young man, maybe in his teens, Isaiah, visited the throne room. The Spirit took him there, and God saw him. And he said this, Who will go for me? And Isaiah said, Here am I. Send me, because when you get to the throne room, that's when you get your calling and when you hear your mission. So the honor that he gives the 24 elders shows his desire for partnership. It's 
The longer I've walked with the Lord, if he can't find a partner, he may not work. Because he wants to work with partners. We do our 2%, he will do his 98% because he shares his authority with his partners. Now the young boy, Samuel, who's taken to the tabernacle by his mother Hannah and given to Eli to raise, one night the Lord stepped down from heaven had an encounter with this six or seven or eight-year-old boy and said, this is what's going to happen on the nation. And this is a judgment I'm bringing on your mentor because he has not honored me. And he said this, never forget this, Samuel. I will always honor those who honor me. This is not in your notes. I just thought about this. It's it's really kind of spurred my faith. You may want to write a couple of these sentences down. You see the activity that's going on around the throne, and there's activity all the time in the throne room. It's what impacts the things on the earth. We as a local church... Since we're pushing the prayer envelope, we want to grow our prayer ministry because prayer is what affects the throne room and the throne room is what changes things. We can change the things on earth by praying here and by you praying in your home. When I work, I work. But when I pray... God works. That's the difference. We impact the activity in the throne room. It is actually the command center. Everyone say command center of the universe and the heavenlies. And I'm just I'm thinking through some stuff. In that throne room, there's no devil there. In that throne room, there's no flesh there. In the throne room, there's no dictators. There's nobody with AK-47s. There's no wickedness there in the throne room. Well, what's in the throne room, Steve? I'll tell you some of the things in the throne room. There's focus, complete focus in the the throne room. There's focus there. There's purpose in the throne room. There is unity among the God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and all the created powerful beings around the throne. There's complete unity of purpose. If God would ever bring unity to the churches in Lexington, we would have revival. There is a whole lot of love in the throne room, and there's adoration and worship and praise in the throne room. Now, I want you to write this down in the margin. Some of you, I would suggest... Write it on a card, write the verse, memorize it, and then live it out. Okay, can we walk through Hebrews 4, 6? What does Hebrews 4, 16 rather say? It says this, say it with me please. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. What does the writer of Hebrews call this place? What is it, the throne of? Which means you get there what you can never get on your own. 
There's grace that flows out of this room for you and your family and our nation. Then read the rest of it. That we may obtain what? And find grace to help in time of need. You're invited in. You're a daughter of the Most High King. He wants you to come. He's waiting for you to come. The doors are open. He's sitting waiting for you to come. Climb up in his lap or fall at his feet and go, Father, I need your help today. Father, I worship you today. Father, I intercede today. Father, I want to offer Thanksgiving today because you're my daddy. God, I actually call my heavenly father Papa a lot. Papa, especially when I'm really striving. Papa, I need you bad. Papa, come. Let me come, Papa. Let us let us reason together. Let's talk. Let's give me a plan. Now, this should encourage you. Now, the word saints is not in chapter 4, but it is in chapter 5 and other parts of Revelation. Saints are not a special class of people that are holier than others. It's not a a group that some church recognizes once a year. These three people are saints. If you're a Christian, you are a saint. Or if you're not a saint, you are a ain't. (laughs) And they sit on the throne. And you will have responsibility in the next realm. You will have influence in the next realm. You will have the joy of wonderful service doing what you like to do well in the next realm. And the elders are clothed with white robes, beautiful garments. He's 24. That's what John wrote. And the white robes, you don't buy them at Kohl's. They're given by the one on the throne who sins have been cleansed by the blood of Christ. The word imputed, would you say imputed? I want to show you a picture. It's not an easy one to look at, but I want to show it to you. The suffering, the beating, the blood of your Savior is what brought your forgiveness. He took it for you. So you could be cleansed. And the word imputed means you didn't deserve it. He purchased it and it got applied to your account. Instead of being sinful in the Lord's eyes, you are sinless because of his righteousness. And the elders and the saints are given gold crowns. What color are they for faithful service over of their lifetime i love leading wicked old gnarly selfish arrogant men to christ often on their deathbed because they're knuckleheads they've told the holy spirit no for 75 years and at the last minute of their life they give their heart to jesus and i'm excited but i'm thinking you wasted 75 years You know that, right? You should have given your heart to Jesus when you were five and served him. Served him all your life. 
And then the majesty of the heavenly father, this should touch your heart. His power emanates from the throne. John said, I can't describe it, but there was this brilliant power surging activity coming from the throne. It was scary. It was wonderful. And I heard the thunder emanating from the throne, which is the authority of every time God speaks. And John wrote something. He said there were many sounds, many sounds, many sounds I couldn't describe coming from the throne, which is worship and praise and wonder from those around the throne. And then we see the Holy Spirit's presence there before the throne with seven lamps burning brilliantly that show his fiery passion for God's people. We talked about that earlier. And here's something I could never get my head around. John said, I can't get my head around it either. There's a shimmering, beautiful ocean moving under the throne, under the creatures, under the thrones of the 24 elders. He called it a sea of glass. It's transparent. It looks through the ages. It looks across the nations. And Revelation says it's also mingled with fire of his presence. And the four living creatures who are the closest thing to the throne, the scripture calls them seraphim, say seraphim, or seraphim, the Greek would say, And the Greek for seraphim means the burning ones. And there's no artist that can describe these most powerful, intelligent creatures closest to the throne. They're the highest rankings of the super angels that rule the heavenlies. And they perform the service of God rapidly with the swiftness of, Of the wings. How many wings did each one have? Six. I love gifted artists that use their gifts for the kingdom. And John said, I saw something amazing. They were full of eyes, back and front, within, which shows nothing escapes their notice. And they have four distinct attributes. Now, I'm going to take a little liberty. This is just for me. If it doesn't make sense to you, it's okay, because I've thought about this, and I'm going to throw it out there and see if it helps. The four living creatures also represent the nature, the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, where do you get that, Steve? Well, first, one of the creatures is like a lion. And I think of the lion of the tribe of Judah, the majestic king of all kings. And that is a theme of the book of Matthew, the majesty of the Messiah. Let's come for the apple of God's eye, the Jewish people. Then the ox, the calf, 
is a servant that we see in the book of Mark. Jesus said in Mark 10, 44 and 45, I didn't come to be served, but I've come to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And then we see the human. Jesus referred to himself in the book of Luke as the Son of Man came to this. The Son of Man did this. He called himself that I am God in the flesh, but I've taken on the flesh of humanity. And then the eagle shows the divinity, that he is still God in the flesh. The book of John opens with this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and we beheld his glory. The flesh of the only begotten one, full of grace and truth. And continually, they say the most important things that any created being could say, They praise the holiness of God. Holy, holy, holy art thou, God of heaven and earth. Well, Steve, I don't even know what holiness is. Well, I know only a little bit. Holiness means he's totally separate from everything else that's evil. There's no evil in him. He would never tempt you. It's impossible for God to lie because he's holy, which means, you may want to write this in the margin, morally perfect. Morally perfect. There's no flaw in his heart or character. And then he's transcendent. Everyone say transcendent or superior to everything else. When you think about how high you can think, he's far above that. My ways are as different as the distance between heaven and earth, says the Lord. And then holiness means he's different from everything. The word hagios means separate. We're this, but he's not this. He's that. And he actually wants us to live different kind of lives. So the four living creatures... They gave glory, they gave honor, and they give thanks. You know, we get mired in our stress and difficulty and failure. We kind of get in this spiral going down. You know how to get out of the spiral? Start giving glory to the Lord. Start giving him honor. Lord, I honor you today. With all of my heart, I honor you today. I give you glory. I want my life to give you glory, Lord. Start naming all the things you're thankful for. They give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I guess I do know what I'm going to do. When I take my last breath, when this heart stops ticking and I just find myself caught away and I find myself 
at the edge of the throne room. And the one that approaches me, he gets off his throne. I can't see his face because it's like a diamond glistening in the sun. But as he comes up and I see his feet, and I see the nail scars, you know what I'm going to do? On my face, saying I'm not worthy. I have no business being here. But what he says to his children is, I'm thrilled that you're here. And the 24 most influential humans that ever served God, John saw it, fell on their faces and said, we've been honored. We've been honored among all and above all mortals. We not only say thank you, but we release and divest ourselves of all honor, of all glory, all praise, all thanks, and we place it all at your feet, Lord Jesus. At your feet. And they declare, and I want you to declare with me. Would you do it? Are you ready? Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and because of your will, they existed and they were created. I want you to be encouraged. You're a child of the living God. You're invited into the throne room. Don't miss the opportunity to go. Now I want to close this time in prayer. But I don't want you to go away. We're ending our service a little different. Let me pray first and I want you to stick stay. Father, call us to the throne room. Anyone in this room or anyone watching online that's never given their heart to Jesus, may they pray with me right now and say, Jesus, come into my heart today. Forgive me of my sins and wash me clean. Be my Savior and Lord today because I give you my life today. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Now let me tell you what we're doing next. I'm going to ask Jeff and Diodet Stutzman to come up here. Jeff and Diodet are leading our Swahili Fellowship, our Congolese church. Would you guys stand right here? Aren't they a sharp-looking couple? <laughs> and Jeff and Dio have a calling on their life. You have a calling. And today, the board at Church of the Savior at this second service, we're going to ordain Brother Jeff.
to serve as a pastor. He's already been a pastor of the Swahili Fellowship. But we want to officially recognize that. And I want to read a passage, and then Jeff will share, from Acts chapter 13. There were in Antioch in the church there prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manaen, who had been brought up with the Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And they were ministering to the Lord and fasting. And the Holy Spirit said, and the Holy Spirit has said here, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. When they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. And being sent away by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. Then they sailed to Cyprus. And when they got to Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God. And people started receiving Christ. So Brother Jeff, would you come up and just share a little bit about what you feel like the Lord is doing in your life, your calling, and your purpose? Yes, thank you, Pastor. I love the Word of God. It is true from beginning to end. It's been proven in my life over and over and over again. God is faithful. Sometimes He's a God of discipline. Sometimes He shows Himself as the God of love. Sometimes he shows himself as the God of power, but he's everything wrapped up in one. He is one. In Psalms 139, it says that God knew us before we were born. He knit us together in the secret place. That means I watched my grandma. I remember her knitting doilies, knitting different things. Her fingers touched every fiber of that cloth. Think about that, because the same word is over you today. His fingerprints are on every fiber of your being. They're on every fiber of my being. The more experiences that we have with God throughout our lives, they add up. They add up, and we are to be testifying, proclaiming, declaring, what has God done? And the victories that we've had. There was a time in my life when I wanted to die when I was a young teenager. I did not like my life. I wanted to give it away because I was inside. There was so many things going on. Fear and shame, demons of fear. Okay, demons sometimes are set loose against us to keep us from being what God wants in our lives. What has God said to you? What has God called you even from a young age? And maybe you forgot about it. Maybe you said, that can't be me. That is a lie. What God declares to you, what he calls you to do, he will fulfill if you take a step. One step at a time. If it looks too big, then take a small step. And he will show himself faithful. God is the God of faithfulness. The Bible is full of the stories. And in Hebrews 11, it's, it's the chapter of faith that we refer to the chapter of faith. It's followed by Hebrews chapter 12 that starts out, Since you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, ones who proved what is written in chapter 11, faith. 
is the substance of things not yet seen, the evidence of what God is bringing forth. So when you live by faith, God will prove himself. When you take a step, God will prove himself. You are not going to move faster than he will move. The Bible says that he is searching throughout the earth to find someone whose heart is committed to him. Now, my heart is sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. But God, would you hear my prayer today, is not something about me. It is, Lord, if there's something in my life, would you please take it away? Something that's hindering your move. Because in my time, before I go to home to be with my God and my Savior, I want to see a revival come. I want to see a move of God that people will say, we're not going to hear somebody talk that's not something about a pastor. And matter of fact, it doesn't matter if a child gets up. God comes down. Healings are taking place. Deliverance from every kind of evil, every kind of wickedness. People would lay down because witchcraft is the sin of rebellion. And they would come and lay down their articles of witchcraft, lay them down and say, no more of that, Lord. I desire you above all else. I want to see a move of God where people are set free and delivered. They say, the love of Jesus has changed me. The love of Jesus. And so my wife and I are, we feel called to the Africans here in Lexington. And we constantly are telling them, God is going to move. He brought you here. God is going to move. He has a plan for your life. Ladies and gentlemen, God has a plan for your life. And I want to declare to any young person in here who has had a thought of suicide, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus Christ loves me. Jesus Christ has a plan for my life. I will not stop short of that. Those should be your words in your mouth. When you look at yourself in the mirror, God designed every fiber of my being. His fingerprints are upon me. I will never say again, I'm ugly. I will never say again, I don't like the way I look. I will never say again, I want to live. Put the words in your mouth. I love my life. Jesus Christ has a plan for me. I am not going back to darkness. I'm going into the light that my Savior has called me forth in to walk in. Do it, and you will see that your life will change. You will find a purpose, and hope will be coming back because that generation, parents and grandparents, that generation has been attacked with a spirit of fear and a cursing that you didn't experience. And it's time we uproot it, cast it out, so that they will be leading in the generations behind them and telling them there is a hope. This is the generation that's been told it's hopeless. It is not hopeless. Jesus Christ, it's his name. We sang so many songs that the name of Jesus, it rends the heavens. That the word, the voice of God, come and speak over me. That's what you should be saying every morning. Speak to my spirit. Let me have an experience with you. Something that will wow me. Did you hear the description of heaven, the throne room? You're going to say, wow. If you can open your mouth, you're going to say, wow. Why was I afraid? Why didn't I serve you? Don't let that be. Let your, your legacy be, I served the Lord. So that when I see his face, he will say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. 
well done. And as pastor said, I'm looking for the place, a little place of dirt that's near the sea of glass. That's where I want to put my face because he is worthy. He is worthy. All glory, all honor, all power is due your name, Jesus. That's what we are about, brothers and sisters. We're believers. We're learning how to believe, but we can't be doubters. We're believers. I don't care what it looks like. I don't have to explain, but I'm a believer, and I'm going that way. Amen. Well, I'm going to ask the board to come up. I'm going to ask Jeff to kneel right here. And <clears throat> Diodet, would you stand behind him and put your hands on his shoulder? Board, would you come up, please? I'm going to ask uh, Bob Sturdivant to pray, and then Ron to pray, then I'll pray. And You guys ought to feel good. This is our family. And the Swahili church, that's our people, our family. When you see them, you should hug them and thank them and welcome them here. Because God brought them here as part of his plan of redemption. Brother Bob? I'd like to read from 1 Timothy. It's called Paul's Charge to Timothy. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godlessness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses, as Jeff did today. He went on to say, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, be rich in good deeds, and generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. I'm going to substitute Jeff's name here. Jeff, guard what you have been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in doing so have wandered from the faith. Grace be with you. Father, we just give you all the thanks and praise and glory this morning. Father, we just thank you for this man and this woman. Uh, Father, We just thank you when the Holy Spirit whispered in his ear, who will I send to my Congolese church? And we thank you that he said, send me, Lord, I'm here. Father, we just send him out, as Steve said this morning, as in Acts chapter 13, where we separated Jeff and Dio, set them out for the work of of the kingdom. And Father, we just pray this morning that that you just keep Jeff and Dio in the center of your will. Father, and you just provide him with the wisdom and discernment to lead his flock. 
Father, we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Brother Jeff, as I was praying over your ordination this morning, I had a picture, and it was you taking a Bible and sitting down in a chair, lovingly opening the Word, closing your eyes with your hands on the Word, and just waiting in the presence of the Lord. And I felt like he reminded me of Joshua 1.8. When Joshua was being commissioned to go into the promised land and receive the inheritance that God was going to give to his people. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it, Jeff, day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you, and I insert Deo, will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I believe the Lord said that the victories and the fulfillment of your calling will rest upon abiding in God's presence Lovingly listening to his voice, meditating on his word, and faithfully obeying what he tells you two to do. And I felt like the Lord said, you two are deeply loved by me, and you are called for such a time as this. In Jesus' name, amen. And Lord Jesus... You said you would build your church. You promised that. Not us. You would build your church. And Father Jeff and Dio are like seeds dropped into a furrow. The scripture says if they remain to themselves, they die. But if they drop into a place of service, their sacrifice brings a great harvest of souls. So anoint, fill, shape, Order their steps. We love them. We're proud of them. We stand with them as they serve you in sharing the gospel and building your kingdom. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Well, this ends our service today. We're so glad you came. There will be people that will be on both sides to pray for you if you need a prayer. Please don't leave without that. God bless you. Have a great day. for joining us at Church of the Savior online today. We hope you are encouraged to pursue God and grow in your walk with Jesus. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, please reach out to us. We would love to help you take your next step. Please visit our website for information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family. 
There's also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can pray for you. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope to see you next week.